Hello, and welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRER. I'm Bobby Howe. And I'm Alex Gehring. Bobby, how are you? Bobby, how are you? Oh, oh that's wow. So funny. That's how we not had that before oh, now. God, that's awful. That's so awful. That's such a horrible <laughs> joke to have. I am doing amazing. Do you know why? Why? Because spring is almost here. And so. it means we may thaw out maybe by the time this podcast airs. Gosh, I hope so. It might actually thaw out. I'm so over it. So Alex, how are you? It appears you're having a pretty damn good week. This week was a pretty good week, so I graduated from the UMKC Leadership Academy. Yay! And it You're was, a Roo. I'm a Roo. I'm officially a Roo. And there's all sorts of stuff that that means. I didn't realize what I was getting myself into, but I get like discounts on uh, like theater tickets, I guess. And what? Yeah. Like all sorts of little benefits of being a Roo. So I thought that was kind of fun. Can I go through Leadership Academy? Well, of course you can. What? Like for the national one, like if once you do a certain number of things, you're no longer allowed to go through because they consider you to already be a leader. Oh. So I don't know. I'm going to have to talk to Kip. This sounds like fun. I'm sure you could. Kip, You please. don't need it though. You're established you know. as a leader in But I want to be a Roo. You want to be a Roo? I want to be a Roo. That's really a, <laughs> well, that's a selling it for I me. I don't know what to tell you, Bobby. Okay. It's a pretty exclusive club to be a Roo. Um, what did you do this morning? You Oh, wait. What I did not do this morning. What did you do this morning on the uh, for the thing? For the thing. The, I oh, the, the but thing. we're not done talking about you, Alex. <laughs> we're not done talking about all your amazing accomplishments. You're like to I'm a Rue. Uh, let's talk about what are you doing tomorrow? Tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Hey, what are tomorrow. you doing tomorrow at the K? So, uh, sorry. <laughs> Bobby's, I have to, I didn't I realize. I know your I schedule gonna, better than you. I didn't realize I had to talk about myself. So we have, <laughs> I didn't think so much about it. So tomorrow we get to uh, me and John Ketchum and Rick Bradford and also the wonderful Andrea Sheridan get to go to uh, Kauffman Stadium and audition to represent the realtor uh, community by singing the Star Spangled Banner. And maybe we might get to sing at a game. We're hoping that we might even get to sing at the Realtor Day of the K. Keep your fingers crossed, y'all. And this is a callback. This is not their first audition. They've already auditioned this and they true. got a call back We're quite from the, the K. From the K. From the K. I like it. <laughs> All right. So it wasn't enough that you graduated Realtor Academy. It was not enough that you got a call back to the K to sing the anthem. What else happened this week, Alex? So I just found out that I am a finalist for the Realtor Magazine 30 Under 30. Oh, yeah. So what this means is they've taken all the applications and they've, uh, they've worked it down to 50 people. So now I'm in the, to- I'm in the 50, mm-hmm. these last 50 people, and uh, we don't know what's going to happen yet. We don't. And by the time this podcast airs, we might. We will. Uh-huh. We will. So we can't really say what's going to happen, but hopefully something might. I think we should just prematurely celebrate just to do it. I, Yay! Maybe so. Yay! And We're no matter what, I'm, I'm really thankful for all the support that I've had through KCRAR and, and through my company and, and everywhere. It's It's been awesome. So very thankful to all of you listeners as well. So I have a final question. Does that pretty much all of those things happened on Wednesday this week? It's true. So did you go buy a lottery ticket? I didn't. I didn't buy a lottery <laughs> ticket. I wasn't exactly sure how to feel on Wednesday. Right? right? There was all this stuff being thrown at me. and All these things it were was, happening. It was great. It was a good day. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. So I what like did it. you do this morning? So what did I do this me? morning? I was yeah. like, I 
didn't sleep because that wasn't happening. Oh, you mean uh, media training. So KCRER uh, brought in John Gormley from the Main Street Organization uh, Board of Realtors out of the Chicagoland area. And he's doing this morning, did it with our Board of Directors for KCRER, and this afternoon, actually right now, for the Board of Directors for HMLS media training. And so we walked into the room, and we found out within about the first five minutes we'd be doing an impromptu speech, and then we'd be doing um, a speech on a topic that was given to us, and then later I got to do a radio broadcast. Ooh. That, that was a lot of fun because John just went totally off the rails. Uh, it was <laughs> me, Andrew Mall, and Tony Conant, who's going to be one of our guests here shortly. Uh, we're doing the radio interview, uh, pretending that we were in Washington, D.C. with our talking points when we go for the mid-year legislative meetings. Sure. And uh, Andrew went first and was talking about how we're there protecting the um, American dream. And John, acting as a radio host, goes, do you mean the American nightmare? And then he comes over to me talking about communism and the American nightmare. And I was like, I don't know what to say. And then he jumped to Tony like, no dead air. And I was like, I don't know what just happened. It was it was the. This sounds really intense. It was so intense. <laughs> so, Alex, in about two hours, that's going to happen to you. So when they ask for volunteers for the the radio portion, just look down. Don't make eye contact with John. <laughs> don't do anything like that because you might get called on. I don't know, especially uh, based on the way that I just talked about myself for the last couple of minutes. I right. feel like I need that training. Yeah. <laughs> well, you will. Seems like a mess. Yeah. So I'm, not, I'm trying to not give you enough information, just enough oh, to gosh. get you through the – the next couple of hours so Jeez. that's that's all good time so so on our last podcast mm-hmm. we had a poll of the um the casey rar and bobby's or the doot 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 do. yeah so we had a 50 50 tie on our poll which means y'all can't decide so thanks for that that's that's awesome so you know i, I really thinking it over and the embarrassment level for me and the things i'm willing to do for this association i think the doot 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 should win I mean, I love this association, but I don't feel like I need to cry like a cat in a hailstorm on a regular basis. But I think that the RAR is a really important piece of the puzzle. Well, I think we can say Casey RAR to do, to do, like we mix it. I don't have to do that. Oh, no, you have to do that, I think. It's already out there. I think that, yeah, maybe it's Casey RAR, do, 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 or whatever it is. Yeah. We'd mix it full on mix it. So we just do both. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one. Bobby's book bit. Do, 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 do. We've got it So good. I like it. I like it. It's fun. <laughs> well, what is Bobby's book bit today? So, Bobby's book bit, and because we're going to break the fourth wall again, Amber created a spreadsheet for me. So now I know what books I've talked about and which ones I've not. And I've realized I have a whole lot of amazing books for you guys that I have not discussed yet. Um, and it's really interesting. Uh, this book had been floating in the back of my mind, but then at media training this morning, um, John Gormley running it had brought up this book. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I think that's going to be one of the ones that we're going to talk about. So it's a book called Strength Strength Finders. I can't even say the words. Strength Finder 2.0 by Tom Rath. Have you ever heard of this book? I have. Have you ever taken the quiz and the test? I have not. You totally need it's to. It's one of those where I see it in Barnes & Noble all the time uh-huh. while I'm in the business section. I'm like, ooh, and I like flip through it a little bit, but I never buy it. But it's more than that because you buy the book and then you get a code to go online and take a quiz and oh, learn man. more about yourself. So it's not just a book you absorb. But in the book, he identifies there's like 34 different potential strengths that you can have. And when you take the quiz online, it tells you what your top five strengths are. But the really, really cool thing about the book is we talk so much about our strengths versus our weaknesses. And people spend so much time focusing on correcting their weaknesses 
versus just honing in on what your strengths are. Hmm. I think we get too distracted over here as opposed to, you know what? That's a weakness. And if I'm going to partner with someone, I'm going to find someone that's strong in my weakness. Otherwise, I'm going to focus on the things I'm really strong at because those are going to be the things that make me most successful. If we go back to the very first book that I talked about on this book bit, The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone, he talks about that same thing, that we become successful when we focus on our strengths and the things that make us better. The weaknesses are just a part of who we are. And as long as we partner with someone that's strong in that area, we're going to be amazing going forward and creating success for ourselves. Huh. So I, I highly go back to the Barnes & Noble buy it and actually buy the book buy the book and then i think you know we should talk about what we or what our strengths are i think that would be great would that be good that would be very do you think good people would like it i think so 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 who are we bringing on today who do we who do we well, have i have to, a question about this what are oh. your strengths I, so i can't remember off the top of my head <laughs> i need to go back I, I it's it's been about two years since i've taken the quiz and i just, i i have an e if i probably search through my e-roll right now i could probably find the results i don't honestly remember what they were. I, I know what my strengths are, but what he categorized them as in the book to his actual words, I can't remember those off the top of my that head. That sounds really interesting. One of those things that I, I I'm, as a team lead, mm-hmm. I uh, I was in, interested in what people's personality types are. So, you know, you did those right. personality tests and you kind of see. Like Is it sort of like that? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like the, the, the disc, uh, you know, um, oh, Myers Briggs, all of sure. those kinds of things. So, so what are you on the disc? I am a, <clears throat> I'm an ENTR. Oh, that's another one. Is that another that, one? That's a different this is one. 16, this is 16 types is yes. the one that that is. Yes. I'm an ENTR uh, I, I believe, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I forget, I forget what I am on that. So we need to have you do the disc also. I think I'll you would love that. the disc. Yeah, I'm okay. pretty sure I know what you are. I'd like to Ooh, see uh-oh. it. Uh-oh. What's your guess? Uh, you have a very, very high I. Oh. Very high. Because you like to work a room, you like to talk to people. You're just that. You are the stereotypical realtor that will go work a room and know everything that's going on with everybody. Got it. Okay. I have some high I, but my highest is my D. That's my dominance. I like to talk fast. I don't like to waste time. You may or may not have noticed this about me. I don't know, but I'm, I'm 100% D, 92% I. So I still like to talk to everybody, but I'm gonna talk real See, fast. See, I really about don't know it. what you're talking about at this point. So I definitely need to take yeah, we this take, test. we'll take that and we'll, we can go over it. It'd Sounds good. That'll be very we're good. Gonna, we're gonna we're gonna have like a self improvement bit now. We had Bobby's book bit. Now we got the self improvement bit. <laughs> it's gonna be all about us. All I right, love so, it. So who we got coming in here to talk to us today? So we've got Tony coming in. Tony Conant. Tony Conant from the Midwest Missouri chapter. Uh, that's the Warrensburg. Yeah, that's out of Warrensburg. And then we've got uh, Andrea Sheridan coming in as well, uh, just to kind of give us a uh, overall market view. And Andrea was a part of, and I'm going to be here representing um, the St. Joe merger that we did because, well, I still live up in St. Joe. It's my home. And Andrea, as um, immediate past president, she was a direct part of both of those mergers that we did with the Warrensburg Association, with the St. Joe Association, um, and bringing everybody together. And she is really knowledgeable about the market too. So she seems like the perfect subject matter expert for us. So let's bring in Andrea and Tony and see what they have to say to us. Hey, Alex. Hey, Bobby. Do you know why I love KCRER as much as I do? Why? It's because we are just completely customer-oriented association. Did, did you see what just happened just a little bit ago? Mm, remind me. Okay, so... So we were between sessions and Kip Cooper comes walking by and I'm like, hey, Kip, you got any cake? And he's like, hang on. And he comes back and he brings me this amazing cupcake with a big gumball on top. Kip, I, you're kind of in trouble with me right now. Right, because you didn't get a cupcake, but you didn't ask for a cupcake. 
I did. Actually, for cake. Ask and you shall receive. Exactly. So, you know, we just have an amazing association that supports us in everything that we do. Well, if we want to keep that kind of... up right I, I mean i feel like we need to make sure that we show our association that we support them yes just I, like they support us one a little bit ago the the professional development committee had asked about a podcast and uh and lo and behold kcrar has delivered um and so if you appreciate the podcast and, and you feel like you're getting a lot of value out of it please hit subscribe be sure to leave us a five-star review. If and you like us. If you like us. If you don't like us, don't do anything. Just don't listen then. Right. Right? You can always choose not to listen. <laughs> and then we're going to need you to um, follow us on SoundCloud. That would be really awesome if you could do that. And then tell all your friends on your Facebook, your chaps of Snap, your installators, all of those. <laughs> I'm going to need you to go tell everybody all about listening to us and how amazing we are. But if you hate us, again, just pretend like this didn't even happen. <laughs> right? Sounds great. Subscribe. Now. Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. And we're back with Tony Conant and Andrea Sheridan. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the mergers and acquisitions that we've had as the Kansas City Regional Association of Realtors over the last couple of years and talk a little bit about market stats. What's going on in all of our markets? What are we seeing out there in the spring market? So first off, welcome, Tony. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Honored to be here. So thank you so much. And I just have to say, we we talked earlier um, before you guys came into the room, we talked about what we did this morning in the room with all of us giving Alex a preview of what he's about to go into the room to do. And I just have to say, Tony, I absolutely love your energy. Oh, well, thank you. We were sitting there, and Derek Ramsey said, you know, if if they ever need to give me bad news, I only want to hear it from Tony. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's you like, would present it so well. Nice, and he's like, nice. but now I'm worried if Tony ever says, hey, Derek, I need to talk to you. <laughs> so I'm going to need you to use that against Derek to, like, okay. pull him aside to be like, hey, man, i I, I got to let talk. you know. So I, I just can handle that. I put that in that. your – okay, put that All in your right. arsenal. All right. So – you recently, uh, you were the president of Warrensburg sure. when you we merged together. You yes. now sit on our board of directors for KCRER. Talk to me about that process. What was so attractive to joining the Kansas City Association from being a part of the Midwest Missouri chapter, Midwest Missouri Association? I think it's a lot of what drives a lot of us here at the association level. It's about the members. Um, For us, we just saw, you know, we're trying to build this affiliate program. We're trying to build this, all of these, you know, people that we can get into the program and try to raise more money to try to basically compete with KCRAR Mm -hmm. uh, and and the benefits that you guys already provide. And we're like, okay, so we have all of these people's energy. And quite frankly, there at the end, it was was getting to where not everybody's heart was in it still, uh, quite frankly. And and that makes it difficult, I think. You know, you're showing up to a meeting and and I don't want to say everybody has their own agendas, but everybody kind of has their own way that they think that this should go. And I think that we kind of started to lose sight of, like I say, just making sure that the members have the best benefits that they have and the best package that they can. And honestly, a lot of it was apathy, uh, something that we still run into. Uh, we even had our, you know, Midwest Missouri chapter orientation course down there. Uh, and I think we got you know, 20, 25 people, which to me was huge. I mean, that's a great turnout, right? Um, but then again, proportionately for how many people that we have, I still would like to see, you know, more member engagement. Uh, so I think that was the biggest thing for us, not only the, the benefits, but letting the people who want to be involved at that level, making sure that they have the opportunities to do so. What are we, some, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, coming from the St. Joe Association, which we merged just a year before you did, um, I'd been president of St. Joe in 2012 and 2013, and we tried to do this then and it, it failed then. However, it, it worked in 2017 when we finally got it through. But one of the concepts you talked about was the 
the per person that we had. And it was so hard to compete with KCRER, all the benefits and services that they are able to bring to their membership at such a low cost. I know just for us alone, our MLS was over $70 a month wow. to where $75 a quarter down here. And it's like, yeah. When we're just not that far away, when we're just up the highway or you guys are just out the highway, yeah. how do we truly say that we're serving our members and our association at the highest level when we're denying them something that's right there? And a lot of them want to go back and forth between the two areas. No, you're quite right. I've heard the, what is the o OMD, right? Over overlapping market disorder. Mm -hmm. And I think that's happened a lot. I know I was just talking to an appraiser there that's on the MLS board. They've seen a lot more people coming down to our area. We've seen a lot more people going up here, which I think is great. I mean, I think that there are some people, and I think that was some of the hesitance to merge is that we, we don't want to lose that identity. You know, we want to have our, you know, our area and our, our make sure our voice is heard. Um, but I think that that has been the opposite of what we've seen since the merger. I mean, my goodness, it's just been nothing but open arms. And yes, we'd love to hear your voice. And please, you know, tell us more. What do you guys want to do in community outreach? What do you want to see in advocacy, you know, that, that is specific to our community? Because obviously we all know real estate is local. And that's the one thing that I've seen over and over again. Uh, and why I loved it, you know, the opportunity for this podcast, to, the compare and contrast, because that stuff fascinates me. Because it is, as much as I'd like to think, hey, man, it's just buying and selling a house. It's going to be the same wherever you do it. It's not. I mean, it's far from the case. Well, and, and I think whenever we start going through this process, we really are able to clearly see those who operate from a place of scarcity and those who operate from a place of abundance. You know, yeah. it, I go back to the, the, the book bit again. Um, the 10X rule talks about one of the parts of the 10X rule is there's not a limit on success. Just because you're successful doesn't mean that limits me having the ability to be successful. But too often people operate out of a sense of scarcity. Well, if Andrea goes and gets a listing, then that's one less listing that I can have. Well, there's seven other listings down the street. Why aren't you going and getting those? And so when we operate from a place of abundance that there's more for everyone, why close your doors limitless. when you have them open? Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. No, that, that, that's a great point. That's a great point. I, I wish more people look at it that way, honestly. Yeah. That's with the mergers, you have the economies of scale. Then you also have the win-win of collaboration with a larger group. So I think that when when we look at those opportunities and bringing in St. Joe and bringing in Warrensburg, we're just expanding our family. Mm -hmm. And I really, yeah. truly feel we are a realtor family. So it's, it's just, it is a win-win in making sure that everybody feels like part of the same family. It's not, you know, oh, those people are, you know, we're all together. We're all in this together. Well, and, I, and I'm really glad that you brought up the point of win-win because what a lot of these discussions, at least when St. Joe was having them, it was like, okay, the St. Joe members are going to get this, but why does Kansas City really want us? Other than our dues dollars, but there's not that many of us. So what's, what's Kansas City's real game? What's the real win? Andrea, you were behind the scenes. Why did Kansas City want to uh, enlarge its footprint, essentially? It's the collective voice. So when we are all members and we're not competing against each other, we have synergy. So just because we're all together doesn't mean that I'm going to go sell in St. Joe. No, that is not my area of expertise. I'm going to refer it to a St. Joe agent. Me. Well, yeah. now they're, they're, <laughs> they're on our team. And, um, you know, same with Warrensburg. It is not my area of genius. So I'm going to refer it to... Tony. Tony. So well, it, it really that. is just having all of the resources together and the great minds of real estate together, all striving and running in the same direction. I'm, I'm just really thankful that you guys are with us. 
What are some of the benefits that you guys have seen? What was the uh, what is the item that your members most appreciate uh, that that KCRA brings to the table? So I'm going to say this, and there'll probably be people out there who are like, oh, Tony, no way. But I think probably one of the biggest strengths is the iBoxes. Uh, but the reason that I say it, there'll probably be people who hate that. because It's one I, of those things that we I, totally I, take for granted, though, so I'm, I'm really glad that you say that. Well, and for us, it was huge. Um, I will tell you a personal example. We had one of our lockboxes, just combination lockboxes, four numbers. I mean, obviously, they have you know an infinite number, a finite number of combinations. A person can hack it if they really want it to break into it, right? Mm-hmm. We had one that actually wasn't working. So we had one that uh, you, you set the combination, and there's like a little lever that you move over and back, and it didn't get moved over and back. So we, in essence, had a house, even though it was a vacant house, to where somebody could just walk up and pull open the door. Um, Now, it may not seem like a huge issue to a lot of people, you know, but whenever we're having people coming with us with their trust, I mean, whether it's a $50,000 house or a $500,000 house, it needs to be secure. I think that's one of our main duties as a realtor. Um, So I think that that was huge. And even though I've heard the little grumblings of, oh, we got to pay $20 or $30 a month, maybe this is why, you know, KCRAR really wanted us, which I've assured them that it's not. But, but I mean, that's kind of, I think, one of the big things for us is to keep up, you know, with the association. Like you say, the economics of scale, we could have never done that alone. Mm -hmm. We looked at adopting iBoxes before. And the expense was just too great for a small association. Well, and, and because this podcast is mostly being directed towards realtors, I can say this. This is not being directed towards the, the, the public at large. You talk about the security issue with combo boxes. Mm-hmm. I know that I personally have had experiences on houses with combo boxes where lazy realtors, which are not the majority of us, would just give a combo out to the client. Just go let yourself through, mm-hmm. yep. close it up iBox, we don't have that option. You can no longer do that. So not only are we keeping the houses secure, like we're legitimately making sure who's going through the property should be there at the property. I just remember there was a few times that we would, you know, vacant listings, you'd catch some, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Well, my realtor gave me the combo. Well, what? Well, it's a better and, customer experience as well because right. that seller now knows who's been in their house. It'll actually, since it's geofenced, let the seller know you can come back home. You yeah. can put the kids to bed now. Mm-hmm. You can come fix dinner. It, yeah. it just makes it a better consumer experience. No, yeah. agreed. And well, like you say, even the, like lockout opportunities. So if you mm-hmm. have like, you know, the latchkey kids or whatever that are, you know, we shouldn't bother them from three to five until mom and dad get home. We can lock it out then now and nobody will get in. Right. Um, and also another small issue we didn't run into it a lot but kind of you mentioned the vacant properties mm-hmm. uh, we're a small town um, there's only so many brokerages there by the I mean we use a lot of the same combos mm-hmm. so I mean by <laughs> yeah. the time you know you know one combo I mean you know mm-hmm. oh, you know Joe Schmo over here at XYZ Realty that's his combo the house is vacant I'll shoot him a text later and let him know I showed it but I'm gonna head on over there and show it because I've got the client here now uh, and that's another situation that you really you know is much more difficult with the iBox so. I giggle with that because yes I, I can still even think to this day certain realtors people aren't even in the yeah. business anymore that if it's so and so's listing uh-huh. their combo is 2020 yeah. they always had 2020 mm-hmm. as you their combo it. and yeah. I could go to their listing still today <laughs> I'd probably find one and I could probably get myself in it so AMR yeah. oh AMR yes oh AMR oh my goodness yeah. they were going back in the day yeah. you know and I think uh, Andrea brought up economies of scale earlier I think one of the benefits that a especially for our two associations, smaller associations, something that we would never be able to pull off and that Kansas City has now been able to pull off is the insurance, health insurance for our realtors. You know, know, that's yet to be realized how many people are actually going to take advantage of that. I think that especially after one year in when people get locked out and they can't get in after June and it's like, oh, I got to wait a whole another year. We're going to see a huge uptick in year two of this. But that's something that a small association, we would never be able to pull that off. That, you know, and we're very lucky that Kansas City with 11,000, you know, members has been able to pull that off. But but just knowing that this is something that affects not just our membership, but their families too, that's 
it's an amazing thing that we're able to bring to the people in our lives. Yeah, it was a huge pain point when we were listening to our members that if you're self-employed, you know, it's around $850 a month as a single individual, not even mentioning, you know, family plans. Um, and that that could be the difference in owning investment properties mm-hmm. or, you know, investing in their business, paying their mortgage. It, it It's huge. You know, and I think a thing, at least for my family, yes, I'm self-employed. My husband's also self-employed. So we don't have the option of having a spouse that has it through work. And sometimes through the work, it's only just for the spouse. They can't extend it down to the families. But for a lot of our realtor members that are entrepreneurs, everyone else in their family is entrepreneur. So knowing that we can affect these families, that's huge. And to not stick them with the marketplace. Uh, you know, I, Now they actually have something through Blue Cross and Blue Shield. I mean, I mean that wasn't an option before at all. Yeah, there are four different yeah. options. So um, you know, check into that. Check and see which is going to be the best plan for you. And are they all available in both Warrensburg and St. Joe? Yes. They are. That's fantastic. Not all four plans are available up in St. Joe. Like, I think two of the plans are available in St. Joe. However, as this plan is successful, as we see it come to fruition, uh, they will probably be able to expand it to all the well, plans. I feel like there was like one county that we didn't serve to, like maybe Pettis County or something there that was in our jurisdiction that didn't quite fit in. But, but, but yeah, but most of Miami County on the Kansas side also doesn't have anything. Yeah. Right yeah. On. It's but it, we're hoping to spread it quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no so. doubt. Though. No, I've been yeah. kind of leading yeah. the charge with education ever since recharge. Right. It was kind of, you know, let the cat out of the bag there. Because right. honestly, we're in the same position as you. Yeah. Uh, my, my daughter has health insurance through my wife's mm-hmm. work. But for me, it's uh, for, you know, her, her spouse, which you would think would be pretty reasonable. It's actually quite expensive. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, one of the other topics we want to talk about um, while we had you in the studio here today was let's just talk about the market. You know, how did the winter market go? How's the spring market kicking off for you? Tony, what's going on over in Wurzburg? It's been phenomenal. I mean, there's no other word for it. I mean, the, the, the market there, I've, you know, and I've always called it kind of the perfect storm for mm-hmm. real estate. Uh, I mean, that may not sound the best, but again, like you say, we're talking to practitioners here. It, it's the interesting thing about Warrensburg is we have a high turnover rate. We have the military base there as well as the university. So our turnover rate, the last time I looked a couple of years ago, was like in the mid 40s, like 45, almost 50% wow. turnover. Uh, you take that and then the massive influx of government dollars, again, from the university and the Air Force base. I mean, those guys get paid pretty much no matter what's going on with the economy, aside from a government shutdown or something like that. So I've always called it the perfect storm for real estate with that turnover. Mm-hmm. So, And that's kind of what we've been seeing here especially obviously with the you know resurgence of uh, you know millennial home buyers and that coming into the market it's been phenomenal um, and I think it's going to be a really good spring from what I've seen because our, our winter this year and even last year was was way more active than, than what I would say I'm you know quote unquote used to um, so. so so Tony with a uh, smaller market like you have so mm-hmm. I can relate to that up in the St. Joe market yeah. uh, however our turnover isn't nearly as high as you we have a we have a university we have hospital we have in um pork processing plants and things like that up yeah. in St. Joe's. So we have, but not to the level. Do you find your prices going crazy skyrocket high or they've always just a slow and steady or somewhere in between? How have your prices risen? They seem to be pretty slow and steady. Yeah. Um, to me at the time, just from what I'm used to, from the time that I, and I, I've you know, been in real estate, I think I got in uh, 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I haven't been in you know, as long as some folks, but just from what I've seen, the price rise and, and the difference in you know, than what a house would sell for. And like, we have a small subdivision in town, Broadview. Uh, and those houses, whenever I started, were selling probably in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Uh, and now they're breaking the hundreds pretty easily, especially if they're remodeled. So to me, it seems like prices are rising quite a bit. But then whenever I talk to other people from areas, um, uh, David Nichols, for example, mm-hmm. the, you know, president, MLS. He was saying, I was talking to him, you know, telling him that my wife and I are kind of considering moving closer to the city. He was telling me that there in Lee Summit that they have 
gosh, I forget what he told me, like 20 or 30 houses under 200,000, period. Yeah. Uh, and see, to me, it seems odd that like our, kind of our starter home product or product uh, would be a slab house. So, you know, no basement, just on a concrete foundation uh, that most, I think, you know, entry level new home buyers, that's what they would be looking for. And to me, it kind of blows my mind that we're selling those for in the 200s now, like around 1,200 mm-hmm. square feet. Right. But the funny thing is to come up here and talk to you guys, that's affordable. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? For right. that for that style right. house, especially something brand new. So whereas I think we're kind of getting to the higher side and land value seems to be going that way i think that really where we're at it still offers quite a you know affordability option for a lot of folks so yeah and so andrea you're over on the missouri side we've got alex on the kansas side we've got me up in st joe i think we're pretty much we're covered we're covered all the four quadrants andrea what are you seeing over on the missouri side um, we're seeing days on the market getting a little bit longer so that is always an indicator of, as we've been in a very fast um, seller's market um, still in the resale construction 1.7 months of inventory new construction somewhere around 5.6 months of inventory um, so as we balance that out we're looking at around 2.2 months of inventory which is still in a very strong seller's market we're seeing the new construction um, starts starting to tick up which is also a very healthy indicator of a of a very healthy market. Awesome. Alex, what's going on over in Kansas? Pretty much the same as it is on the Missouri side. Uh, we yeah. can feel that the days on market are going up, mm-hmm. uh, but we still feel that shortage of supply. And of course, uh, the weather has definitely played a role in these last couple of months. I don't think there's any denying that. Um, so the beginning of the year was definitely impacted by that. Um, but when we have 2.2 months of supply, yeah. uh, I mean, that demand is going to, I'm expecting a crazy busy spring. I just am. I, I think that there's a lot of pent up demand out there and buyers are ready to get out there and start going if they haven't been already. Um, so, yeah. They're ready, but there's still a little sense of apathy on the buyer side where they've seen the prices tick up and now they're kind of drawing the line in the sand and saying, you know, we don't really want to spend more than that, which is why we've seen the increase in days in the market. Um, So we're also seeing an uptick in expired properties. I don't know if you Mm. guys see that on the Kansas side, which is an indicator that we need to get back to our skills and make sure we are uh, counseling our sellers to price correctly. Sure. We're seeing it on the Kansas side as well, but it depends on the price point. You know, it's funny you mentioned the weather too. I was just looking over market demographics, getting ready for this interview. I noticed there that whenever the weather got really bad, like most people weren't getting out of their homes, we saw a surge in upper end sales, mm-hmm. which, I mean, I have no explanation for that. I mean, I can't tell you why, but it was just odd. And I mean, I, I say upper end, uh, we consider upper end probably, uh, you know, ab- above, uh, I'd say about 275, 300, you know, 400,000, that kind of thing, which we seem to have a lot of down there in Warrensburg for a lack of industry. Like in mm-hmm. St. Joe, you have more, you know, industry that you can rely on and whatnot. We don't have those big, you know, CEO kind of those kind of, you know, higher officer type paying jobs. Um, So that's always been a kind of a interesting thing to talk about with fellow realtors there in the area. Like, man, what what drives that upper end market for us? Uh, Because I mean, even at the Air Force level, if you've got like, you know, a pair of like captains or something, you know, higher ranking officers, I mean, their affordability for, you know, to be able to kind of get that kind of payment. I mean, you're talking about I don't know, maybe a couple doctors or, you know, a doctor and attorney or, you know, something like that. So it's, it's always been interesting to me, uh, especially, like I say, with the weather. That Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's it, really but, interesting. Yeah. I can't think of any reason why that would be, but uh, it's like people have more time to, they have time to sit at home and think for a second. And they like, oh, maybe. we saw this place a couple of days ago. Maybe it would work. I don't know. That's well, crazy. Obviously yeah. with technology, I mean, they can browse, you know, right <laughs> exactly. from their laptop. It's so true. yeah, definitely. If they it's don't have true. to go into work that's that really day, you know, maybe that is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. Especially people higher in jobs. They're going to have the ability to choose when they go to work. You know, they're going to be more self-employed or more of the, the executive level. That's going to be able to have the ability to say, I'm coming or going. I'm making my own schedule. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. So they had a little more time to, to do what they're doing, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I, yeah. I find that I, really interesting. Better logic than I've been able to come up with. Yeah, no. <laughs> We're also just speculating. Yeah, no, no, I, no. <laughs> this is pure speculation. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. What no. about in St. Joe? 
So up at St. Joe, uh, you know, we've always been a slow, steady climb too. We never, you know, even back the last time the market shifted, we never actually had much of a correction to make other than there was like one subdivision that just the pricing just got out of control. It should have never got to that. We never had that. So we've always just had the slow, steady incline to our pricing. Uh, like you, I, every year we notice from about Thanksgiving to January 8th, that's going to be our slowest time of the year. But there's always something about January 8th. And it's like you're one week into the year and just stuff goes crazy. And even with the weather this year, it still kind of picked up then up until the end of January. Now, I did see between like January 28th and like February 21st, there was a little bit of a lull that's sometimes there but not usually there but then on that week of february 21st like stuff just went crazy again and we'd had a snowfall and there was a bunch of snow on the ground and there just was showings and buyers and people just going everywhere and i think people finally got to the point of the cabin fever of like i'm not going to be trapped in my house any longer i want to move i want to get ahead of the spring market and i'm going to get out there and i'm going to do what i want to do so um it's i think finally people get to a point of Hmm. no more no more. Let me let me it's get, time out. To get out. Yeah. 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 It's time to no move doubt. on with my life. So, you know, but that's one of the things that I do love is seeing the surprising similarities and yet differences in our market. I know um, last summer when Kansas City would in 24 hours get 58 showings and 18 offers. Well, up in St. Joe, we'd get like 10 showings and four offers. So there were similarities, yet Kansas City was just at this heightened level of craziness to where even to like, I still can't comprehend getting 18 offers and in, hmm. in, in 30 some years in this industry, 18 offers, how I would even begin wow. to lay that out for my seller Four offers, even six offers. I can, my brain can comprehend those <laughs> kinds of things. And yet it's similarity yet on a different scale. I would agree. It blows my mind too, honestly, just yeah. here in the Kansas City market. I, I help some folks. And like we talked about, I'm not big. I will refer away yeah. immediately, but these were very close friends and I mean, mm-hmm. almost family. Uh, so we put their house on the market and sold them one up in North Kansas City. And you're right. I mean, multiple offers the first day on the market. I mean, yeah. it just phenomenal. I mean, that happens on occasion. If we hit it, you know, right in that sweet spot, or maybe it's like a flip house that's been remodeled. Sure. We'll have a multiple offer scenario. Not as often as you guys see them here in Kansas City, though. I mean, it's just phenomenal. It's the life that, we that, live in right now. I yeah. mean, anything under 300,000 is going to have multiple offers, it seems like. I mean, wow. it's it's wild. Yeah. It's and wild. your stats and escalation clauses. Love it. Oh, oof. <laughs> and it goes Different topic. Let's <laughs> <laughs> um, And it goes back to Andrea and talking about the expired. So for those homes that aren't getting the multiple offers, because that's mm-hmm. that's the issue is that we have this such a wide divide between those houses that are getting multiple offers, day one on the market, still to this day, and those that are just sitting and expiring because they most likely didn't price right. Mm-hmm, or there's, because you can overcome anything. You know, no. there's four things that will sell a house. There's the location that it's in there's the condition, there's the marketing that an agent does, and then there's pricing. I can overcome all those other things with price. However, too many sellers have talked to their friends that Uh uh, they put in offer after offer after offer, they got rejected. So how can you tell me my house isn't priced right? They double down. Because you didn't get the offers. Hearing the media giving all of these stats, like if your house didn't sell in 24 hours, you know, there's something wrong. Um, And and it really comes down to agents using the resources that are available. So on KCRIR.com, go under the news, look at the market stats, and then break it down. Look at CSS, look at the showings in different 
different price brackets. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm talking to my seller and they're priced at 350 and in their zip code, there's only been one showing and we have that one showing, then I can show them, hey, the market is working. We just don't have any buyers in that buyer pool right, right now. Yeah. So it may not be, it may not be a price issue. It may not be a condition issue. So it's really understanding how all of those things fit together. It might together. be a demand issue. It, I mean, yes. what we, yeah. well, I think there are so many agents that have no idea that those showing reports are available. Yes, they're I so mean, and, and yeah. that's such an amazing resource yep. that we have. And, and so few people even know that they exist. Well, and it goes back to the why of why the seller wants to sell. Mm -hmm. You know, if the seller needs to move tomorrow, even though price isn't our issue, if there's no buyers in that pool, we may have to reduce just to, get to attract yep. new yep. the pool where the buyers are if they're in a hurry if we're just hey i want to move when i can move these are i'm not then yes price isn't the issue we can wait till the buyers show up so it is getting back to that why of what's important and i agree and i remember the first time because we didn't have css up in st joe until you know like Yay. when Red's death, a couple <laughs> years ago and so like the first time someone showed me some of those reports i was like we've been living in the dark ages Literally, like it's so useful, so much, even more valuable yeah. than the iBoxes themselves. It's I, I the was, report that the box can give. Are you going I, I, there? I was getting ready to say, yeah, I was, you know, that's where I was headed because man, I, I feel that almost every time we get some kind of amazing update like that, it's like, oh my gosh, like how did I do real estate business without this? <laughs> you know, like because I'll, I'll admit, you, you talk about refocus on expertise. I'll admit, I've been guilty of it too, telling telling the sellers, hey, it's it's the market. There's nothing we can do about it. When in fact, it was probably like you say, you know, just different. You know, we're not getting showings in that price range. And, and if you can show them that, I mean, obviously, it not only increases your, you know abilities as an agent and your competence with the seller, but you're going to hang on to that listing. Whereas yeah. maybe, you know, some agent who wasn't showing them those demographics would lose it. And there's well, so you, much data coming at us and it's finding that data and being able to interpret it and tell the story of it. Well, you're it, that all of the reports and the data allow us to skate where the puck is going, not where it is. So mm -hmm. then we can connect the dots for our consumers on, okay, I am the market economist for your area and here's what's happening. So let's sure. fit in the market. I have a deeply philosophical question. I don't oh, know if it's really that Lord. deep. I just set myself up there, didn't I? I'm it's really not scared that deep. You uh, but, but I, I don't know if I had enough coffee yet. <laughs> <laughs> I need more Chipotle. <laughs> for years, we've been saying that a balanced market is five to six months on the, yeah. five, five to six months of supply. Um, since I have been in the business, I've never seen anything more than four months of supply. Oh, now, mind you, that's only been now, yeah, mind you, that's only so been cute. for five years. Isn't that adorable? I'm Eleven so to twelve months of inventory is a very fun market as well. Like all of the extremes are very sure. fun. So, Andrea, what I, what in, our, in our media class we just went through, they were told not to use sarcasm in an interview, and I believe <laughs> you just used some sarcasm. Well, I, I actually am not being all that sarcastic <laughs> okay. because any time you're in, in a, a different or shifted market, that is when you can set yourself apart because you're learning new skills. And as long as we stay open to learning new skills and being able to represent our clients in the best way possible, no matter where the market shifts, you have expertise. So here's my question. Great. Okay. My question is, since we've been in this market for the last five years where we're at an extreme lack of supply, when, and is it even a thing, do we need to adjust our expectations for what a balanced market is? Where does that five to six months come from? I think uh, eight, for our market in, in the Kansas City metro area, that means 18,000 active listings on any given day. I can't even imagine seeing that many listings on the MLS. I've never seen such a thing. So when, when do we start to modify our expectations on what a balanced market is? We have a couple struggles. Um, the first is we, after um, the crash, the housing crash, mm -hmm. uh, new construction starts 
have been low since then. So not only have we not caught up with the historic norms, we're also, you know, not, we're, we're, we lost all the inventory that we should have had. Hmm. So that will be something that will have a lag time. We also have corporate buyers who are gobbling up hundreds of properties a week, sometimes even a month, and those are going to be turned into rentals. So now we don't even have that product. So those are the two, I would say, threats to us getting back to a balanced market. Um, and, and that'll just take, uh, it'll take time. But at that point, is it really going to be balanced? Or at, once it's balanced, it's going to feel like it's a buyer's market, isn't it? I mean, is it with that much of a shift? That's a pretty significant number of listings being added to our inventory. Well, it's still the supply and demand. So sure. the, if, if the demand of buyers does not increase to the level of properties that we have, then we're still going to be where we're at. Got it. Yep. Well, guys, thank you for coming in today. This has actually been a really fun conversation. I've had so much fun looking at your pretty faces as we sit <laughs> and have these conversations. And uh, it's been we're very educational. We're so glad to have both St. Joseph and Warrensburg Yay. in our association. We're, it's so we're wonderful. We're happy to be here. Thank you, guys. Is there any cake? <laughs> we do need to have cake. There should be you cake. Join the family. Let's all have cake. We should all have that cake. Is, I like it. I like it. I think I ask for cake every episode, and I usually get it by the time I leave. Just FYI. It's impressive. We just did Mardi Gras. Maybe we could do a king cake, like with the oh. baby in there. Oh. No? I've, I've had, never had king cake. I have had yeah? my fill of king cake in the last oh. few days. Oh, okay. I am all over right. it. All right. Yeah. I'm enough. down for a hurricane. And those I, I yes. Hey. I've We're having hurricanes. You guys are having king cakes. We're good over here. I'd rather have a hurricane. I might join them. I was going to say I might join the ladies. Unpopular opinion: The baby in the king cakes is ugly. I've never had creepy. Oh, that's just creepy, creepy to me. I've never really evaluated the looks of the baby in the king cake. Well, it's supposed to be baby Jesus, but it looks like a it kind of it's it's just ugly. It's like a little gremlin baby. <laughs> I, I didn't realize of. until today it was supposed to be baby Jesus. Wow, I think it awesome. is, isn't it? Is yeah. that the like that's no the clue. that's the no, king in the king cake if you're religious? I think I don't, I, I don't no, know. I need to get on Wikipedia. Yeah. I, 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 I might be wrong. We will have <laughs> answers on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming in, guys.